is going on, Only Playbook fans? We're back for another episode. Week five is officially in the books. We have to recap it, take away what we can fantasy football-wise. It's just me and Shovit today. Shovit, what's going on, my man? How are you feeling after uh, what was a crazy, crazy last-minute outcome last night for you and Shisho with the Monday Night Football Oh, my game? goodness. Luke Musgrave needed to get uh, 11 points for me to lose, and he drops that last catch uh, with, like, I don't know, a minute, something remaining. Uh, and then Jordan Love throws that interception. I was going crazy. I was so hyped that I actually won that week, uh, man. So that was that was fun. But dude, I think the highlight of this week has just been the injuries, right? Like so many injuries. Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. it's a shitty thing to highlight, but you're absolutely right, man. So many injuries to talk about. Um, what that's going to look like for the future of fantasy football for this year. Uh, what's funny enough about that last play is I was on the opposite end of the spectrum. I was no. up by like a point. I was up by one point. Nine, 1.92. Well, I was up by 1.92 and I had Jordan Love and he threw that final interception. I lost by 0. 0.08 points. So um, that was unfortunate. But hey, good news is I am number one in our league of records. So there's always that, man. Four and one atop the standings. Um, feeling pretty good. So um, nice. no Barkley still. And once Barkley comes back, man, that team looks locked and loaded. Um, so yeah, anyways, enough about me just bragging about my team. Let's get into the action. We have so many games to talk about. First game on the board, show of it Thursday night football, the bears at Washington and the commanders, Justin Fields. Can he make it two games in a row? Certainly can man 40 to 20. They win. They cover the six point dog spread over 45 caches. Uh, show it fields was your guy last year. Talk to me about Justin Fields. Yeah, um, I was hoping I would go second because it would be a great follow-up. But you know what? It's okay. We're going to go me first. Uh, so Fields now has finished, is now at QB3 for the year, right? So this is a guy who I had Anthony Richardson and I was trying to trade Fields because I was like, Richardson's going to be fine. But no Richardson, Fields, no problem, right? He's going to come in. 21.2 fantasy points per game. One back-to-back -back games. And you know what the one caveat is? I think the fact that Claypool is not there, you know? Dude. I don't know. No Claypool, no getting rid of the toxicity. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, so great, great, great news for Fields owners. I think that if you didn't drop Fields, good for you. I think you continue to use them. Um, but the biggest thing we talk about injuries, you know, Khalil Herbert uh, injured his ankle. Looks like he's going to be out several weeks. Roshan Johnson is in concussion protocol. So the only guy there remaining is Deontay Foreman. And so he's going to be top waiver wire pickup this week. If Roshan Johnson doesn't play, I think Deontay Foreman is a great start for this upcoming week against the Vikings too, I believe. Yeah, it's a situation where if you need one somebody to plug and play this week, we don't know if Roshan will clear protocol. Concussions have been weird and they've lasted a while. But yes, the matchup is so nice that you know you would risk your waiver pick if you needed somebody this week. Let's say you had a team on a bye or your guys hurt. Um, that would not be a bad play. The matchup is enticing. Um, keeping it on the Bears side there, DJ Moore, I think, just showed us on Thursday night football last night that he is actually a true alpha wide receiver one man. Cause it wasn't, he wasn't just an eight for 30 on three touchdowns with 10 targets on just like wide open bombs. You know, it was DJ Moore on a curl route and he just shakes the defender and he's gone. He, he showcased his like shiftiness. He showcased his speed. He showcased everything that you could possibly see. It was almost like you could have thrown an AJ Brown Jersey over DJ Moore and they would have looked like the goddamn same player. So I was very, very impressed. I didn't know that DJ Moore had it in him, man. I'm sorry, dog. I did not know your game. Ooh. I knew DJ Moore was a good player. I did not know DJ Moore could look like AJ Brown. And so all of a sudden, DJ Moore is a wide receiver one as long as this offense continues to look like it does, which again, it's field throwing the football to really bad defenses. Commander surprising a little bit better, but uh, still they were able to throw it well. So I think right now, DJ Moore, his schedule, the next three games, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and the Chargers. So, um, I mean, Fields unleashed. We talk about the running backs unleashed right now. DJ Moore unleashed. So, all of a sudden, the Bears, which two weeks ago, maybe, rewind. I was like, there's nobody on this offense that you can start. Two weeks later, you could start everybody on this offense. Welcome to the world of fantasy football, folks. It is so quick how things move. Um, but Bears win this, man, 40-20. to 20. They get the Vikings this week, and the offense is clicking, and the Vikings' defense is not. Uh, again, unleash those Bears. First game on Sunday, take it international. The Buffalo Bills, a little bit hungover traveling overseas. Jaguars got to stay there for a whole week. They played two games in a row. That doesn't seem fair. Jaguars win this game 25-20 to 20 final. They cover the 5.5-point dog spread under 48.5 caches. 
Let me kick us off here with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, seven catches, 122 yards on eight targets, which was tied for first on the team with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Biggest thing to look at here is two carries for Calvin Ridley for 14 yards. The problem was the talent was there. They were figuring out how to get this guy used and utilized. Putting the ball in his hands on end arounds makes me feel like they put an emphasis to get the guy the ball more. And so that makes you feel really good moving forward. Don't get me wrong. Christian Kirk's going to be there. Evan Ingram's a nice tight end. I don't think Zay Jones is Zay, like he's not a fantasy starter in any format at any point. Uh, obviously everybody beyond that. So I think there's a world where all three of those guys coexist because this offense passes the football a lot. I mean, ETN's a good running back, but he's also catching passes. So I think right now with Trevor Lawrence, I know the Jaguars aura doesn't look great. And everyone wants to be like, well, Lawrence, is he not, is he not the real deal, man? Look at the numbers. Lawrence had a fantastic game. Watching the game, Lawrence was fantastic. Again, a Calvin Ridley second foot in the end zone away from another awesome game for both Ridley and Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know how many more times that can happen before you're like, okay, maybe this is just a thing and not something that's unlucky that can regress back to like being okay. But Calvin Ridley put the, you know, put the, I guess the doubters to rest for a week. And I think the way they use him is very, very encouraging with the fact that this offense still is not completely clicking on all cylinders. Impressive victory for them against the Bills, might I want to add. But uh, Shelby, talk to me about the Buffalo Bills side. Yeah, I know. First off, I just want to say, yeah, I mean, I was one of those doubters with Calvin Ridley, seeing his targets kind of go down a week on week basis. Uh, but it's so it's good to see that he's back to seeing seven targets, 122 uh, yards. That's really impressive. Um, so yeah, for the Bills side, dude, the one thing that I want to know about the Bills is like, you mentioned that this was a tough matchup for the Jaguars with the Bills defense. The Bills defense, man, had a lot of injuries this week, you know? Um, so it's just something to kind of consider looking down the line. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the injuries a little bit later as well uh, when we talk about the matchup with the Bills and Giants. But, um, you know, that that definitely played a role. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is in a concussion protocol, so something you need to monitor. He may not play this week so or next week, so a uh, guy you need to get. Uh, also, you know, for for James Cook owners, right? James Cook didn't have a great fantasy game. And I think that it's part of because of the negative script. It's hard to say that against the Jaguars that they had, uh, but he just wasn't seeing the pass catches as he normally does. He wasn't getting carries like he normally does. I think that against the Giants next week, that changes and we get back to seeing James Cook produce for your fantasy team. Um, it's just one of those weird games. You just toss it, you know, toss it up, don't think about it and continue starting James Cook's uh, the following week. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to right now until you see that there's a clear shift in somebody else being the lead back. Reverse game script, James Cook has a tough time blocking right now, so he's losing touches and losing snaps on that to Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. There is fear when you're naming two guys that he's losing touches to versus one, right? So, uh, And Latavius Murray has been notorious for being a vulture. So even if James Cook becomes you know, what he's shown a couple of weeks so far this year. Uh, I still think the touchdowns are going to be the hardest thing for him to come by. So I think his True. ceiling, unfortunately, is limited there. But uh, I think you still have to ride him. Uh, it's too good of an offense. They had a funky week. They were hung over. Again, they landed overseas on Friday, and they had to play Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. To me, that just does not – like, you're taking an international flight, like you're jet lagging all this, and you're having to play yeah. a football game within less than 48 hours later. It seems kind of crazy to me, but um, did you see what they did with the turf as well? Like it was just concrete, and they put the turf over the concrete. And so, like, I'm thinking about the Dalton Kincaid uh, concussion. I'm like, he's just falling on concrete. Like, that sounds very dangerous. So, I don't know about this whole England thing, man. This oh, yeah. A little bit. First of all, it's unfair the Jaguars were already there. and That then, made no you know, sense. Like, that yeah. that part of it made no sense. You can't have the Jags stay there a whole week. Like, that is a tremendous advantage. Like, a tremendous oh, yeah. advantage. Um, so that was kind of dumb, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, this whole grow the game stuff, I totally get it. And I, and it's cool. you you get to see all the fans overseas and stuff that are supporting, you know, American football, but at the same time, at the risk of the players, at the risk of not actually putting a good product on the field because of the jet lag, maybe let's, you know, try to figure out a more efficient way to make this happen. Falcons Texans in Atlanta, Atlanta comes away with a victory here. 21, 19 Houston covers a two and a half point dog spread under 42 caches. Um, the abyss of the Atlanta Falcons pass catching all of a sudden, like wanted to show out, shove it. Yeah, dude, I don't, I, it's crazy. Right. Um, I mean, I was always kind of like Drake London is going to have a, a decent a game. Eventually nine targets for Drake London, 10 targets for Kyle Pitts. Now Kyle Pitts probably not going to happen every week. Like 10 targets is really insane. But how about Jonu Smith, man? Seven uh, seven targets that's six or more targets the last four games and he even got to the end zone uh, this week so um 
John Smith, man, low-key might be a tight end that you stream. Um, also, sticking to the whole tight end theme, Dalton Schultz, 10 targets uh, this game as well. And I think that was uh, because of the injury to Tank Dell. Um, you know, and, you know, with no Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz gets some of those targets. But I think also the guy that's going to benefit most off of this Tank Dell injury is going to be Robert Woods. I, I do think that they're going to go to a veteran approach. Um, so if I'm looking at, you know, the game and what happened, I'm considering Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz as guys I would try to pick up if I have like a Dalton Kincaid or if I have, you know, in, uh, bye weeks on my receiving, uh, with my receivers. Yeah, no, I mean, Desmond Ritter's best game as a pro. I mean, I think there's no doubt about it. And I think that's what you're able to see is him being able to spread the football and everybody got involved. 329 through the air, one touchdown. He had four carries for 10 yards and rush for another touchdown it, again. and you know, we see great stats from players and you watch the game and it didn't look great. Like this game, Desmond Ritter actually looked good. And I was like, wow. Okay. So this is the best he's looked. That game alone has looked better than every single Bryce Young game so far this year. Right. So there are flashes. It's just about consistency as is with most people in the NFL. You get to the NFL because you can show flashes of greatness, but can you maintain that consistency? Again, my, I still obviously have my reservations. So it's not like he's obviously going to turn this offense into a top five offense, because if he was all of a sudden you have London and Pitts back in the fold. But like you said, like we've said, London Pitts, those guys are going to have weeks where they go off. It's just a matter of the fact that you can't rush, roll the dice and start them not knowing what weeks those are going to be, because right now it's not matchup based. It's not anything based. It's completely random. Houston had a great defense and Ritter had his best performance. I don't think any of us chalked that up to happen. So, um, Right now, I'm still staying away. Uh, I think Jonu Smith is an auto start. I think that's one thing that we've taken away is Desmond Ritter loves Jonu Smith. So you start Jonu Smith, but everybody else right now uh, still up in the air. But impressive for Desmond Ritter. Let's hope he can build on that. The Detroit Lions look very, very impressive. Take care of business against the Panthers at home. 42 to 24, cover the nine and a half point spread over 43 and a half caches. Um, Panthers side discouraging miles sanders looks bad and i think he is partially hurt still so i don't want to say that he is bad his volume his workload has all continued to decrease to chubba hubbard i think also that's because he's hurt um his his uh targets are still decent so it's it's weird because they understand, I think, that he's a better pass catcher. So even though he's showing limitations rushing the football, they still throw him out there on third down. So um, it's a weird dynamic. I think right now, if I'm a Miles Sanders owner, I am going to go out there and grab Chuba just because I don't know which way this split's going to lean. Even if you're not a Sanders owner, you can take the risk that Chuba's won the backfield now because running backs are hard to come by. So you take risks and stabs on anybody you possibly can. Sanders trending down, Chuba trending up. Uh, I mean, you look at the snap counts, 23 to 20 uh, Sanders in passing downs, but on running downs, nine to seven, Chuba actually outsnapped him. So I still lean Sanders, but you definitely want to monitor the situation. It's a crazy bad offense for a rushing attack. So it's not like you're picking up this guy and expecting, you know, amazing numbers, but he's a, he can be a starting running back on a football team right now in weeks where running backs are just continuing to drop like flies. Yeah, and if Sanders is hurt, then I think that Chuba could be a three-down back. So there is that as well to uh, consider. Um, you know, sticking with the Panthers, man, Adam Thielen, man, he's been the wide receiver one for resurgence. the Carolina. Yeah, resurgence. What is it? At what is it? At the age of thirty, like good for him. You know, good for uh, good for Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. They're not winning games. They're down a lot, and so they have to continue. You know, playing with negative game script and uh, giving the ball to the receivers garbage time, whatever you have you. So you're going to see more of that. Adam Thielen is probably not going to be available in a lot of leagues at this point, but mm -hmm. DJ Chark certainly can be. So, you know, DJ Chark is a guy who I would consider they play the Dolphins next week, right? So Dolphins can put up points. Um, and so I, I, I am going to consider DJ Chark uh, given, you know, the JJ injury, the pickings by week uh, and all of that. So uh, certainly some guy, a guy that I'm looking at to pick up this week. And he saw six targets uh, each of his last games. Last, uh, last saw six targets last game, uh, and so you know something to kind of go off of as well. Yeah, yeah, he's always been kind of a home run threat kind of guy, and he takes the top off the defense. So uh, you, if Bryce Young is going to continue to improve, you have to imagine that Chark becomes a part of that offense. Um, they play the Dolphins next week. I'm pretty sure the spread opened up at 14 points in favor of Miami. So that, Dude, that's that's going to be it. it. Bro, most uh, HN's hurt, so Mostert, and if Jeff Wilson comes back, Panthers have, like, one of the worst, worst run defenses in the NFL. I mean, I could see that being, like, a 500 rushing yard day. So uh, that's scary, scary stuff. Um, 
Let's talk about the Titans and the Colts in Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson flashes greatness, but cannot complete a full football game. Colts still win this game because Gardner Minshew is one of the best backups in the NFL, 23 to 16, two and a half point underdog spread. They cover that, win the game outright under 43 and a half cashes. Show it. It's been an injury week for you, man. Talk to me about Anthony Richardson. Dude, it's so brutal, man. I feel like they just can't use him like they thought they could. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to get injured. And that play, like, he hurt his shoulder, fell, got hurt, uh, you know, got tackled on. So it's just like, it's just not sustainable. You know what I mean? He's got to be able to get out of the pocket and just be smart with it. And I think that the, uh, you know, the, the, the Colts need to find better ways to u- utilize his, his, his skill set. Um, but, you know, with the injury, Gardner Minshew is probably going to start. Uh, he's going to start. And so uh, when Gardner, Gardner Minshew starts, something to note is that Josh Downs uh, has uh, six passes for at least 55 yards where Minshew plays. So Downs is a guy that you might want to consider picking up this week as well. Yeah, nice slot guy. It's, it reminds me very similar of the Texans situation, right, where they have Tank Dell and Nico Collins. This is a Michael yeah. Pittman Jr. and Josh Downs situation. Under, you know, undersized wide receiver, but very quick and shifty plays out of the slot. Uh, could get a lot of volume and targets for sure. Um, for me, on the Tennessee side, um, we know Derrick Henry. He's losing his snap. He's losing his snap counts. He's losing shares to Tajay Spears, and that's continuing to look the case. And like some things I want to talk about Tajay is Tajay looks very, very good. He, he, he runs the ball hard. He's shifty. Uh, he cuts back really well. He's got really, really good burst and speed. He's playing. He played 52% of snaps. He's averaging 52% of the snaps. He's out snapping Derrick Henry. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry right now, right under five yards of carry still getting about five targets with four catches. Even if he's only getting this much, he still becomes somebody that you could throw in, in bye weeks and flex weeks because he's getting five targets and four catches that automatically makes him valuable. And right now, again, Derrick Henry's biggest thing with him was how durable he was as games went on, as seasons went on. And right now, that's the opposite of what's happening. So I think as seasons go on, as the season progressive, Tajay Spears is just going to continue to get more touches, man. And again, he looks the part. It's not just a thunder versus lightning situation. I think Tajay has a real threat to be the running back for the Titans of the future. So uh, very encouraged with what I see from him. Deep, deep um, uh, benches and stuff. Obviously you're stashing him. He's in a situation where even a four man bench, I would consider stashing him. It just becomes really tough with bye weeks and injuries, but he's a tough guy to let go of if he's on your bench because you're not completely starting him yet, but there's way too much promise to drop him. What's interesting about that is I've seen plays where Derek Henry and Taji Spears are both there. Yeah. You know, what would be really cool if yes, I Derek know Henry throws a passing touchdown to Taji Spears. Uh, they love they love throwing the, they love using Derrick Henry to throw the football. So like yeah. that I wouldn't put it past uh, you know them to make that happen before the end of the season. Um because for whatever reason again Derrick Henry passing the football is something that yeah. they will use more than you know once or twice in a season. But right. Uh, keep monitoring Tajay Spears Derrick Henry every single day that goes by is only getting older. So that, that doesn't work in his favor. The next game on the board, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Giants. We knew this was going to be a Dolphins show, and it was. They covered the 13-point spread, 31-16, to 16, under 47.5 caches by the hook. Um, Shovit, talk to me about what you saw this game that is fantasy relevant. Yeah, so biggest thing, Tyreek Hill, 25 snaps. I mean, he had a great get- day uh, fantasy-wise, but only 25 snaps. Uh, compared to 44 for Waddles, so maybe injury concerns. Yeah, he was in and out. He was in and yeah. out of the field. I I. They didn't ever mention an injury, but that's really what it felt like. I just, I don't know. I haven't seen any reports after, didn't see any reports during. So I don't know if they're just like keeping it under wraps, but he for sure was hurt. Maybe, I mean, it's one of those things like we're playing the Giants. Like we don't even have to try that hard. Hopefully that's what it is. But uh, yeah, it was just really strange. Something to monitor. Another injury we need to monitor is Daniel Jones injury. Although he was on um, a couple of shows and said he was optimistic about starting on Sunday. I think they play Sunday night football, um, but against Buffalo you know, sick against Buffalo, um, which that's what that, that was going to be my point. Uh, Buffalo's defense, right? So we've talked about that earlier. Buffalo's defense lo- lost Matt Milano, De- uh, Daquan Jones, Greg Russell, Christian Bedford, all geek guys are that are starters on that team, dude. I am actually kind of nervous about, um, you know, just the Buffalo defense and uh, as, as a whole, but as a Giants team, you know, like you could like if Tyrod Taylor gets a start, I would love to start him against this depleted uh, Bills defense. Damn. He probably won't. But, uh, you know, just as as this week progresses, Daniel Jones injury, whether or not it will become you know something to, of note or not. I'm just looking out for that in the hopes that I get to start Tyrod Taylor. 
Yeah. So in theory, that sounds great, man. I just think for me, their offensive line looks awful. Like I don't, Tyrod Taylor's like quick. Yeah. He's quick, but he's not, he's not fast. He's not fast enough to get by like bad offensive line play. And right now I don't like, honestly, you could put Patrick Mahomes on this team and he doesn't have two seconds to throw the football. Like I don't think he can do anything. So it's, it's scary. That's why as a dual Saquon owner, I am trying to sell Saquon Barkley because I don't like this offense at all. He's going to get overused because they have nobody else. And then he's probably going to get hurt again because their offensive line sucks. They have nobody to throw the football to. Like, what is going to happen? Saquon's going to get overworked to the ground and he's going to get hurt. They're already so bad. They probably will shut him down somewhere in the season. Like, I'm thinking super long-term, but it doesn't look great right now because the games are not competitive for their offense. Like, bad defenses can still pressure Daniel Jones right now. So I don't even care about the matchup for the Giants. Like I obviously will have to start Saquon if he plays because it's Saquon. He's my first round draft pick. But to me, the matchups don't matter. Like everybody can generate pass rush against the Giants. That's what I've seen so far. Uh, until it doesn't happen, um, I'm going to continue to believe that. But talking about the Giants, shove it. Best game for Waller, eight for 88, 11 targets. Wanda was the next with six. Obviously he talked about it. Daniel Jones is hurt. He might be out with Tyrod coming back as your quarterback. I still think Waller, like Waller's their best pass catcher. That's not Barkley. So uh, he's going to be somebody that if you're using somebody from the Giants offense, he's probably the guy outside of Barkley that you're playing. But again, O-line can't protect. So I am trying to sell not just Barkley, but personally, I'm trying to sell Giants players if I can. Dude, I am actually, I'm not as pessimistic about on Barkley. Um, I think that given that it's basically his like franchise tag year, right? Like, what are they going to do? They can't save him for next year, right? He, he probably wants to get paid. So at this point, Barkley's going to be there if he's, I in my opinion, he's going to be there if he's re- ready to play. And I think the Giants offense is going to be completely different with Barkley on the field than with, without Barkley. So if I, I was right. on the other other end of that, I would be trying to get Barkley. Sick. At the, at the you, and I, you and I can totally <laughs> make a trade for Saquon Barkley then. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Um, the saints and the Patriots. I talked about this when we talked about this game last week about how the line did not make sense. The Patriots are favored by one and a half points. They lost 34 to nothing. They lost 34 to nothing. 38 and a half was the over under and the saints almost covered that by themselves. Alvin Kamara is back. Show it. And it's discouraging if you're a non-Alvin Kamara owner and you own any other players on the saints. But if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, talk to them about why it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, 80 yards, one touchdown, and he's getting the volume. He's uh, getting the passes. He's getting everything. You know, he's like, he's taken away from from Olave, right? Like, it's it's terrible. But you know what? Good for you. You waited uh, until you know what was it? Week four. You deployed him, and then now he's giving you all of the fruits that you want. But uh, you know, make sure you get his backup now. Kendra Miller is the immediate backup now that they let go of Tony Jones Jr. So my biggest takeaway from this is like, if you have Alvin Kamara uh, or you have a, a roster spot make sure to get his handcuff Kendra Miller at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Flipping it over to the Patriots, you lose 34 nothing at home. Mac Jones got benched. Obviously they were losing, but I feel like there was more to that. Rondre Stevenson alarms are going off. He's not been productive. He doesn't look super healthy. They have no receivers. They could have used Jacoby Myers. Oh, wait, he d- he did already play for them. So they could have used anybody right now and they have nobody. And I it's another situation where I want no stock in this football team. I don't want Stevenson. I don't. I don't want any part of Stevenson for the rest of the year. Uh, Mac Jones might not be the quarterback at the end of the year. Bill Belichick might not be the head coach by the end of the year. Like, this is the worst the Patriots franchise has been since pre-Tom Brady. So it's not a good place to be. Um, Again, Stevenson's the only real guy, Hunter Henry maybe, Stevenson's the only real guy on this team that you could consider starting in fantasy. And I traded Stevenson away. So I'm so glad that I have no part of this anymore, but um, it's another, you know, black hole in terms of offenses that like just don't, they can't get anything going. And what gives you hope that something's going to change? They don't have a receiver. Like they have, they have Mac Jones. They don't have a receiver. Their running backs can't run. Like what is going to change? Nothing's going to change. The outlook for them is very, very bleak. Do you have any differing thoughts on the Patriots? No, man. They had like seven, 10 years of like greatness. Like now they're yeah. stuck. Like they suck. great. They should they, just suck. They, they need to. They, they, yeah. This is their time to suck and, and just embrace it. Don't suck so bad that you somehow get like the next, you know, franchise quarterback, but True. just yeah. suck enough to where, you know, you just join the rest of mediocrity for, for a change. Speaking of mediocrity, but somehow still winning the football game, the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and Mike Tomlin just continues to, I don't know, man. Mike Tomlin is incredible. 17 to 10. They beat the Ravens at home four and a half point underdogs. Their offense is so bad. It's almost like, 
I, I, I heard this, I think on ESPN, but I thought it was amazing. Mike Tomlin has gotten to the point where he just needs to challenge himself. It's too easy for him to win, go 500. So he's like, you know what? I could fire Matt Canada. Matt Canada <laughs> sucks. He makes my offense so bad that it puts so much pressure on my defense. But in a way, it almost challenges me. It's like it's it's like the challenge that keeps on challenging, and that's what Mike Tomlin's all about. Because in theory, bro, this offense is so bad that in no world should they have, should they have beat the Ravens. Just in no world. And the Ravens had seven drops as a receiving core, so there was a lot that was more into that than just the scoreboard uh, talks through. But Zay Flowers, two drops of the seven drops, five for 73 on 11 targets. You love the target share. You hope he can bring the passes in. OBJ was back, even though he left again. Bateman was back. He dropped a touchdown. Everybody's dropping passes. Andrews dropped a touchdown. So Lamar, not a great stat line, but honestly, he played phenomenal. If his receivers just caught the football, this would be insane. And what's awesome for Zay is you get Tennessee, who everybody can throw on. You get Detroit, you get Arizona, and you get Seattle in the next four weeks. So if Lamar's offense is clicking and the passing is figuring it out, I'm going to continue to deploy Zay Flowers. Let's just hope he doesn't drop the football. Uh, but show it, Pittsburgh won, so I know you want to talk about something about the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar was doing great until he wasn't, and he threw that <laughs> interception. Uh, you know, so that that's kind of what led the Steelers to get to that get that touchdown with George Pickens. George Pickens, a solid day, a six reception, 130 yards, one touchdown. Love to see that. That's what we need from George Pickens. Um, and uh, you know, but the thing is, Deontay Johnson is set to come back after the bye. So I think that you can't expect George Pickens to have this every single week. But I think that Deontay Johnson, once he's back, he's going to help this offense. You know, we, we need third down conversions that we're not getting. Um, and so we need all the help that we can get. And Deontay Johnson should make this offense better. So I'm a little more optimistic after the bye. Um, and the biggest thing is, you know, Jalen Warren versus Najee in this in the Steelers team. And so I don't think you can. If you can avoid starting either one of those, you do. I lean not. I lean uh, Warren. If I if I was to pick one, uh, but it's just that they're exactly split carries, like carries, um, you know, catches, targets. Everything is, is split. Uh, routes run as well. So you really can't do anything with that at this point. You know, you keep going. You keep going with George Pickens um, and Deontay Johnson when they when he comes back, and uh, that's really all there is to the Steelers' offense in terms of fantasy right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you just you just need to see a world where the Steelers can support two fantasy receivers, let alone the fact that they've been a team that loves to use their tight end. Fryermuth is hurt now, so um, I don't know what that means. Who's they? Have, they have like three tight ends, right? Who's their yeah, backup? Yeah, they've got Darnell Washington, the guy from oh, yeah. Georgia that we got. Oh yeah, but dude, they're, they're, they're split carries or split uh, targets, so they don't really. No one has outshined anyone yet. So uh, there's nothing of note there in the tight end landscape either. Dude, the Steelers need freaks on the field to make it easier for Pickett. And Darnell Washington is a freak show. Why is he not getting on the field? Is he not learning the playbook? Like, what's wrong with him? He's a blocker. And then Connor Haywood has been there. He, you know, he, I guess, knows the playbook. He's a good route runner, too. So, uh, you know, just it's one of those things. He's a rookie. He'll, he'll get his, his time eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big matchup here. The LA Rams are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles win this game on the road 23 to 14, cover the three and a half point spread under 49 and a half caches. Cooper Cup, big return, the vaunted return of one of the best receivers to play football, one of the best fantasy football players of all time. And it did not slow down. I mean, first drive, show it. First drive, this man had five catches for like 50 yards. And there's no other player that's doing that. Like even Justin Jefferson is not doing that because they don't like the offense is all Cooper cup and everything else is working off of Cooper cup. Like it's insane. And you know, what's crazy The T defenses know that everybody knows that I know that, you know, that randos on the street know that like, you know, janitors mopping the floors know that in random schools yet. Nobody can stop Cooper cup. I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. I don't get how this guy can't be stopped at some point. Don't you need to just like bracket man to man him with like one guy here, one guy here, and just be like, fuck dude, if he's going to get open every play, let's put three guys on him because it's not mattering. But Silver lining to all of this, Cooper Cup goes back to being insane. He's probably a top three receiver for the rest of the season. So rejoice if you were the guy that drafted Cooper Cup and were, was able to kind of storm the weather while he was on the bench. But Puka Nakua, everybody was fearful about what was going to happen to Puka. Puka had more points than Cooper, but he had less targets. Seven for 71 and a touchdown. Um, but it's a world where they both look awesome. Both had double-digit targets, um, and nobody else really mattered. Tutu doesn't matter anymore. They traded Van Jefferson because he's not getting time. So now he's on the Falcons where they throw the football even less. So I don't know what Van Jefferson <laughs> went to do there, but cool. Um, 
But the biggest person that's going to get lose touches because of Cooper Cup is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams was catching the ball out of the backfield at a stupid high like rate that was not sustainable. It was more so because they didn't have anybody outside of Puka and Tutu was their deep threat. Now, Kyron is still a low-end RB1, but I think you have to temper the expectations. Stafford doesn't need to dump the football off anymore when he knows that there's two receivers on the field that are just one of them's going to be open. So I think Kyron obviously is still getting most of the touches running the football. Ronnie Rivers is a name you want to continue to just keep an eye on just because Kyron's so small that injury seems inevitable for him. Like to have this workload for 17 games, I don't buy it. I think at some point he's going to get hurt. So keep an eye on uh, Ronnie Rivers. But other than that, right now, he's the biggest guy that's going to be hurting fantasy-wise because of Cooper Cup. But Cooper and Puka and this offense is awesome, man, is awesome. Matthew Stafford plays the Cardinals next week. He is the top streaming quarterback for me heading into next week. Man, Cooper Cup owners rejoice. Uh, also rejoicing our Dallas Goddard owners, man. Dallas Goddard finally makes something of his uh, targets. I was looking at the starters, how often he started on sleepers. He's only started 77% of the time. So I think that will change. They play the Jets next week. So I think, you know, Dallas Goddard owners, I'm, I'm sure some people even dropped Dallas Goddard with the way he was playing. Um, yep. So, you know, uh, rejoice. He's back. Uh, but the thing about the Eagles offense that I've kind of, uh seen is that you know it's it's Jalen Hurts, it's AJ Brown, it's Swift, and then everyone else kind of like comes and goes, right? Like uh people that have Devontae Smith, like some days he's doing decent numbers, you know, 10 plus, 15 plus, and then some days he gets two points or four points. And so I think that's just the landscape of the Eagles. They've got they can run the ball, they can pass the ball. Jalen Hurts runs the ball as well. So that's just what you get with this team. It's very similar to a couple of other teams where you just have too many good like too many good players, too many mouths to feed, right? The 49ers, 49ers, similar situation. And even the dolphins, Jalen Waddle is a fantastic receiver, but he's not, he doesn't do much because he doesn't need to. So those offenses, you always want those players. It's like a weird dilemma where it's like, I don't, I obviously want a really good player on a really good offense, but you're right. There's worlds. There's weeks where those guys just aren't needed and the team still wins. So it's the dilemma between a bad team that has one guy who's obviously doesn't have the upside of this Waddle per se, but he's their focal point or the complimentary piece that could get one catch for 80 yards and all of a sudden make your week. Um, so it is, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. I, I put in a trade offer. Speaking of Devonte Smith, I tried to trade for Devonte Smith. I, I think I sent Jacoby Myers. Maybe I sent Jacoby Myers for Devonte Smith, you know, on paper stats wise, that's a very fair trade. I honestly think Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver too the rest of the season. He's good. And they use him so much like Jimmy G uses him a lot, but you're buying low on Devonte Smith. One catch for four yards this past week. AJ Brown's had three amazing weeks and Dallas Goddard popped off. People are probably like, Oh no, is Devonte Smith going to get the football? And that's where you got to capitalize, man. Fair. The Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals played in Arizona. Bengals win this. Joe Burrow is back. Jamar Chase is back. 34 to 20 final. Three-point spread cover. Over 45 and a half cash. But one thing I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about all the cool stuff. I want to talk about death, taxes, and Joe Mixon being inefficient as a running back and consistently producing is literally the most obvious thing in all of football. 25 touches for this. 25, not touches. 25 carries. 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 This is not 2002. Barely anybody gets 25 carries anymore, man. But Joe Mixon, here we are, 25 carries on a measly, measly 81 yards, four catches for 13 yards. He's RB18 on the season. I mean, he had three carries from the one-yard line and didn't score a touchdown. So, I mean, you know, if there was a product and a game that you could watch film on and be like, how do I get a good glimpse and understanding of this player from fantasy football perspective? Watch this game. Look at this box score of Joe Mixon. This is exactly who he is. But the volume is so sexual that you're like how could i not want this 25 rushes i like no barely any running backs could dream of that so uh death taxes and joe mixon being inefficient yet being a low-end rb2 um nothing has changed yeah that's just that's just who he is um all right so speaking of uh, running backs uh james connor goes to the ir for the cardinals um so you have to now you know, figure out who the immediate backup is. It's most likely going to be Imari Demercado. Uh, they also have Keontae Ingram, but he's missed uh, the last two weeks. He's kind of bad. Neck, neck injury, he's kind of bad. And Demercado, I think, is also the guy that they use in, in passing down situations. I expect the Cardinals to be down often, have to use their, uh, have to use Demercado, their passing back. So, uh, you know, you need to go out and set a waiver claim for him if he's available. I'm still going to try to get Ingram just because, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, just to, you never know how they're going to really utilize him. 
Uh, this week, it seems like it's Jim Mercado. Next week, it may not be. So uh, that's that's where we're at with James Conner. Yeah, I have my reservations about how to approach this waiver wire claim, right? I, Dean Mercado seems like the guy, but we, we already, like James Conner ran the football well, and they're still playing from behind. Now, James Conner is like a workhorse. I don't think Dean Mercado or Ingram are either going to be like the James Conner. So I think anytime you have a situation like this, the best guess, educated guess is that they're going to split the touches and they're just going to ride the hot hand or, you know, one guy comes in, one guy comes out. Uh, but I think I'm with you at least in the short term, if you want a guy, it's definitely Di Mercado. But I also still think the long-term projection of Ingram entices you more because he's younger and you're still holding out hope for something down the road. But I think yeah. if you're going to pick somebody up for this week, it's Di Mercado. Yeah, and the only other guy, so Ingram's probably still hurt. He didn't play. The other guy that they have is Corey Clement, who they just picked up. Yeah, um, so, yeah ex-Eagle, exactly. So I think that DeMarcado gets the bulk share of carries, and that's the upside. Not that he's good, but... Yeah, exactly. Bulk share, you need running backs. Go get him. Right. Um, Jets and Broncos, next game on the board in Denver. Turner was there. Shout out, Turner. Jets win this game 31-21. to 21. The Jets covered the two-and-a-half-point dog spread. They were underdogs. What? Over 42-and-a-half caches. Show it. Running backs on the Broncos. What's going on? Dude, McLaughlin looks good. He actually looks good. He's quick, uh, man. And he's quick. However, for people that put a waiver claim for McLaughlin, Javante Williams is coming back next week. Uh, if you picked up Samaj P. Ryan, drop him. I think uh, Javante was a full participant in practice today. Like, I think I got that notification. So, yeah. Well, he was practicing last week too, but they yep. just didn't play him this week. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's a world where McLaughlin and Williams does well. Pro- it's I, the Broncos. I, it's, it's the Broncos. Exactly. They could both be really good, bro. But the franchise, the team, the situation is a shit show. So, like, right. yeah, I, I think. I think everybody's in a bad spot. Like, I think Javante owners are in a bad spot. I think if you picked a McLaughlin, you're, I mean, what are you going to do with that guy? Like, he's splitting the carry, the touches by a third with two other running backs. I think you hold on to McLaughlin. Javante Williams, you start if you have him. P. Ryan, you drop. Yeah, uh, P. has got to go. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know, man. It's another, it's another, like, it's another situation where, yes, I crave having running backs on football teams that I know will get touches. But like, who who's gonna be the guy that gets the most touches? I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. And Javante, so it wasn't that. I don't know if it was full practice, but he came out and said that had last week been a playoff game, he could have played. So that just goes to show you that he's absolutely playing this week. So that I think alone would mean that you should not start McLaughlin. I don't care how he does. He could get three catches for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. That Javante Williams, their starter, has said that he could have played last week. He's been practicing in full. He's gonna play. So unless you're desperate, 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 like don't start McLaughlin. Um, but you know who you can start for the rest of the year. And I think it's like behind CMC and Eckler is the best running back moving forward in fantasy football. It's Brees Hall. It is Brees Hall. He is RB three for me moving forward. He is incredible. Put the ball in this guy's hands and watch him just work like a magician. This offense, this team, as long as the defense keeps him in games, this is like 2002 defense keeps him in games, run the football with Brees Hall. Zach Wilson doesn't make mistakes, which is, I know that's probably the hardest part about all three of those things to have happen consistently. Then they could be good. So Brees Hall looks scary. I, I'm just so annoyed with myself that I really, really thought Dalvin Cook going there as somebody who is a Vikings fan who saw the has-been of Dalvin Cook last year. I really believe that that was going to dip into Brees Hall. There's a world where halfway through the season right now, the Jets should cut Dalvin Cook. He's bad. And Michael Carter is still their third-down running back right now at times. So Brees Hall, man, if somehow somebody is like, oh, I don't know, I want to trade Brees Hall, go out and get him. And like right now, I take give me, I take Brees Hall over Saquon. If somebody wanted Saquon for Brees straight up, I would do it in a heartbeat. So uh Brees Hall RB3 behind CMC and Eckler for the rest of the season. The Minnesota Vikings, speaking of them, they hosted the Chicago, uh, they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs, not the Chicago Chiefs. That'd be kind of cool. Um, the Vikings lost at home 27 to 20. Chiefs covered the three-point spread, three and a half point spread, under 52 and a half caches. Show it, kick it off with us here. Yeah. So uh first of all, Kirk Cousins is QB4 uh for this year so far in fantasy like who would have thought that yeah. uh let's so let's see what qb he is after this week and every i know right no jj that's probably going to regress down to qb 10 world or whatever where he belongs uh so something else to know uh monitor travis kelsey uh he had a right ankle injury he looked like he was in a lot of pain yeah dude. what i'm yeah he, he didn't look good and if kelsey is out uh, I'm looking to add Rasheed Rice of all the other receivers. I think he's the guy that you need to go and and pick up. 
Um, he looks like there's there's looks like there's some connection building with him and Patrick Mahomes. He did see the end zone, so I like Rasheed Rice if Kelsey's out this week. Yeah, I think even if Kelsey's not out, man, go pick up Rasheed Rice. We we continue to play this carousel with the Chiefs, and uh, I get it. No one's no one's stepped up since Tyreek. Everything has been underwhelming, but like, what does that mean for us? Are we just going to stop shooting our shot with the hope that it's just going to be Kelsey till Kelsey dies or retires? No, someone's eventually going to be a receiver that can catch passes. There's reports, I don't know if they're legitimate, that Mahomes actually, during the draft, said that he wanted the team to go get Rasheed Rice. And I think when the best player in football says something like that, even if it means nothing, like, you're still going to be like, that could mean something, right? So just the fact that Patrick Mahomes said that, go pick up Rasheed Rice. Absolutely, go pick up Rasheed Rice. Put him on your bench. Something could happen there. Uh, you talked about it, Justin Jefferson, man. Hamstring injury is not good. He's already on the, they've already said he's going on the IR. And the situation is bleak for Minnesota right now. Um, they are one in four. They played the Bears this week, but the Bears offense all of a sudden looks good. And then they get San Francisco next week, and their schedule is not that great. Um, there's a world where Jefferson's out at least four weeks, and he's not back till week 10. And if at that point, like, what record do you think the team still has to be for them to be like, yeah, it's not stupid to put Jefferson back on the field right now, where hamstring injuries have like an 11 to 13% chance of getting reaggravated, especially for your best player, especially for the best player in football, especially for a player that needs to use cutting abilities and quickness and everything. Like, what's the benefit for the Vikings this year in week 10 to put Justin Jefferson back on the football field? Because let's think about it real quick. Right now they're one in four. What do they run the table? They beat the, they beat the 49ers. They beat the Packers in Lambeau. They beat the Bears in Soldier Field. They beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. So they win all their games. Yeah, at that point, sure, put Justin Jefferson back on the field. But that's not realistic. So I think I'm so worried as a Justin Jefferson owner, as are you, that he may not play again this year. And yeah, I'm only saying that as a Vikings fan because again, there's he he is the future of the franchise. Like they are going to have to pay him. They have to extend him. Like they can't re-aggravate this. They can't make this any worse than it needs to be, especially when there's nothing left to play for this year. If that's what ends up being the case in week 10. Now, fantasy wise in the short term, Addison's obviously on most people's teams. If he's not go pick him up. You're stupid. If he's not uh, Hawkinson, there's a world where Hawkinson is tight end one for the rest of the year, just out of sheer necessity. So he automatically elevates in status, but KJ Osborne's a guy that you have to go out there and grab. They throw the football way too much. They don't run the football effectively enough. Although that has changed a lot recently. And maybe with JJ going down, they try to establish the run more, but if Kirk is going to continue to have 300 yard passing games, that 26% target share for Justin Jefferson has to go somewhere. So I think for sheer necessity right now, you pick up KJ and you hope that he becomes a wide receiver two where Jordan Addison's the wide receiver one. I rambled a lot there, but there is a lot to talk about with that because again, for fantasy football, Justin Jefferson was the top pick for you. Your number one overall pick. And it's not far-fetched to say that that's the last you saw him play this year for your team. I hope Dude, that's not the case. You but say I that? It, it could be the last he played for the Minnesota Vikings. Sure. Like, why would, why, I mean, if Kirk Cousins isn't there next year, right? You're in a complete rebuild mode. Why would Justin Jefferson go there when he can go anywhere he wants and have a chance to win can't. Super Bowl? He can't. It's not, he can't, it's go, not he can't go anywhere he wants. He's not a free agent. He, they're going to exercise his fifth year, a fifth year of his options. So he can't go anywhere whether he wants to or not. But okay. second fold, that's stupid as fuck. Why, if they get Caleb Williams, you think Justin, oh no, man, I don't want the best quarterback in college football or, you know, the guy that's supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I think he's better. Um, no, he's not going to be like, oh, I'd rather go play some road. No, that's stupid. That's really, really stupid. So? No, absolutely not. Man, I think that, I, I, I think that's even better for him. I feel like, uh, I mean, that would be if they absolutely had the first pick and we'll see, we'll see. Just, I, don't, you know. I don't even think they need to have the, the first pick. There's so many quarterbacks. We're going on a tangent. There's so many quarterbacks this year in the draft that I think have a better chance to construct this roster to actually win football games because they're going to cost like $3 million and not 40. That already changes the entire game, bro. Pay a defensive lineman, pay a defensive end, pay a cornerback. You all of a sudden can dish out like $40 million in money because Kirk Cousins is no longer there. That changes everything. So yes, let's talk about this in a year. Fair. Sunday night football, the Cowboys and 49ers, the matchup of the week, man. Two of the best franchises of all time, the most winning franchises of all time, such a rivalry of all time. Well, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, and the 49ers said, take your rivalry and stick it up your butt because they didn't give a shit about that. There was no rivalry. The Cowboys came onto this football field and did not play. 42 to 10, the 49ers assassinate them. Three and a half point spread, easily cover. 45 over, easily cover. I mean... I said I'd start Dallas defense this on last week on the podcast. And you're like, no, I don't think I would. 
And I was like, I think I would. Well, they got negative one point. So if anybody did start them, whoops. But let's talk about what actually matters here. Let's put some respect on Brock Purdy. I think, oh, yeah. I think we're done. I think I'm done saying that Brock Purdy is a Jimmy G. I'm, I think I'm done saying Brock Purdy is a system quarterback. Don't get me wrong. That system is insane, right? It's making him look incredible. But there are enough plays now that I'm seeing that are outside of just this is the system that I'm very, very impressed. And this is the Dallas defense that Purdy just threw for 252 and four. Like, absolutely carve them up, right? And I think fantasy-wise now, Purdy continues to be a free agent because he doesn't run the football much. But you're having guys go down with injury. You're having bye weeks. Purdy needs to be on somebody's bench all the time because I think he absolutely should be rostered. I'm a guy in my other league that dropped Deshaun Watson because of bye week. I started Jordan Love and lost. So I'm in that quarterback purgatory. I'm going to be picking up Stafford and Brock Purdy probably this week. And Brock Purdy is not a guy that I plan on dropping because right now the proof is in the pudding. We keep we, we keep waiting for the shoe to drop and it doesn't. Dallas is there. doesn't drop. You know, like that's the best defense in football that's not San Francisco. And he just torched them, Chauvin. Torched them. Talk to me more about Brock Purdy because that's all we need to talk about this game. Dude, QB number seven for the rest of the year, right? Like he's just gonna get you touchdowns like that. There's so much ball to be given to. You can even have like CMC getting passing plays, and that's a touchdown uh, for Brock Purdy. So fantasy wise, man, like you know, with Anthony Richardson being out, like if I can go and grab Brock Purdy uh, for the time being, uh, I, I'm definitely going to start him. There was a week prior where Joe Burrow was hurt, right, and someone started uh, Brock Purdy over uh, over Joe Burrow, and you know, uh, and uh, Brock Purdy did better. So absolutely, Brock Purdy is the real deal. He's had a whole year of experience and he's growing and he's becoming a better quarterback as in terms of accuracy goes. And he's just chilling in our free agency. And I think it, it, there's it's enough of that. And we're not going to see that anymore. Um, but we talked about Brock Purdy. I do want to talk about one guy. Um, so CMC, man, CMC is just being like, no. he's having a, a phenomenal year. Like, Back in, I think it was 2019 CMC year. Like, that's how good this CMC is, right? Um, and so the immediately thing, immediate thing you need to consider is if CMC goes down, who's the backup? We've been talking about Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell has missed his second straight game. So right now, Jordan Mason is actually his immediate backup. So if you're a CMC owner, you're listening to this, go and, you know, if you have a bench spot, you need to handcuff uh, Jordan Mason, just in case CMC goes down, given Elijah Mitchell's injury. And he's been like a, a trade target for the 49ers because they really don't need him. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think CMC is like one of the few, like I used to love handcuffing, but now with four men benches, it's almost impossible. Like I used to handcuff sure. all my running backs and still get all the free agents I wanted, right? That doesn't work that way anymore. CMC is the exception to the rule. CMC, because of, because he's CMC, because of his usage, because of the offense that he's in, because we've seen that any running back can get plugged into that offense and be good. Yes, CMC is the only guy who's, not only, but in my opinion, one of the few guys whose backup you absolutely need to handcuff and have at all times. Oh, let's end the episode show of it. Monday night football last night. God, I can't believe I have to relive this. The Packers and the Raiders. Raiders win this game 17 to 13. They cover the one and a half point spread under 45 caches. I didn't love anything about the Packers offense. I hated everything. Jordan hate is what they should call him. 16 for 30, 182 yards, three Mofo and interceptions, two carries for 37 yards. whoop de doo Early season QB ranking disguise candidate. The, the, the flaws were there, man. This is a horrific Raiders defense. Horrific. Outside of Max Crosby, they're horrific. And you could not throw the football down the field. If he didn't have like that 80-yarder to Watson randomly in the fourth quarter, he would have been piss poor. Piss poor. And I mean... I can, I can fault myself for starting him. He the, Like the track record was there. The matchup was there. I felt like he wasn't going to put up less than five fantasy points. So um, it's unfortunate if he had put up five, I would have won, but he put up less than five. So I lost. Um, but Jordan Love, man, the jury is out now. Uh, you have been exposed. The Packers look like they're in, they're in trouble. No Aaron Jones, who seems like the best offense or best player on their offense. Uh, Romeo Dobbs didn't touch the football for like 45 minutes last night. Uh, Christian Watson's finally getting healthy. That's nice. He, he's, he's got the burners, but uh, Packers all of a sudden just kind of in a little bit of a flux. Yeah. I mean, they're a young team, they're a young team. And uh, Luke Musgraves out there, like playing, doing the wrong plays on offense and doesn't get getting his, fucking uh, shit on by LaFleur. Yeah. 
Right. And doesn't play for a little bit. And so I think that, you know, the, the, the good thing about the Packers is the good, they're heading into the bye week. So expect them to kind of like, you know, get turn things around. Maybe Jordan Love to kind of come back into what he was in the first two weeks of the season. Um, maybe, maybe not, but just something to look out for. But you're right. You know, the only guys that you would co- continually start without blinking an eye is Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. Everyone else, I guess it's, you know, matchup based and luck of the draw. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. They, they're, they're in trouble. They're, they're definitely in trouble. Um, one thing I noticed with Jordan Love is I just felt like he does not step up in the pocket. It's like he plays quarterback like we play Madden. We're, we're just continuing to try to drop back to f- wait for a receiver to get open. And that works when you're like Mahomes. That works maybe when you're Josh Allen and stuff and you have a wicked cannon and your awareness to scramble around the pocket is like second to none, right? So no matter how many run- rushers are running free, you those guys will always get the football off. That's like one thing, you know, for a fact, it's not the case with Jordan love. It seems like he refuses to step up. Actually, sometimes when he does step up, it's like predetermined. So to where he just runs into his offensive lineman, cause he decided he was going to do that and didn't wait for the play to open up. Now it's, he's a fourth year quarterback. So that's the scary part. Obviously this is like his first official year playing. So it's weird to assess who Jordan love is, but the clock is ticking on him, man, because you have to either exercise this 50 year option or you don't. And then at that point, he doesn't even know if he has a job in the NFL. So, um, it is weird. This is a really bad performance against a really bad defense. So it does not encourage me one bit. Uh, but sometimes every team has one week where they just look like absolute shit. Let's wait to see if, you know, Jordan love gives us multiple weeks of looking bad before we can, uh, post or cast our judgment on him. That is it, man. Injuries, injuries, injuries is all I'm taking away from that episode from us. It's just depressing. Uh, if you are somebody that is, you know, suffering from a team that is riddled with injuries, um, we are here for you, you know, come here and talk to us. We will help talk you through the situation. Um, Chauvin and I both lost Justin Jefferson. So we are feeling it very, very much so on this Tuesday evening. Um, that is it. Again, week five, amazing action despite all the injuries. So much to take away for fantasy football. Uh, if you're watching, you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. It helps spread the word. If you're listening, you can listen to us on any podcast platform, socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Follow the only playbook. We are everywhere. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Take care.